Hey everyone, welcome back to The Complex. First off, James created a new technique to calm an impending ADHD emotional distress storm, but get this, it's with a fidget spinner. If you want to find out how to do this and be notified about all his latest professional and personal techniques to navigate the storms of ADHD, click the link in the description or go to jamesochoa.com forward slash storm team. So, getting back to the podcast. Today, we are going to revisit episode 5 of The Complex because we thought it might sum up how those diagnosed with ADHD could likely feel going into the holiday season. Also, James would love to hear all of your ADHD holiday storm stories. I know y'all have some. So if you have any story that you want to share on this podcast, click on the link in the description or go to jamesochoa.com forward slash storm stories. Now, without further ado, I hope you enjoy meeting Genius Boy again. Booze, computer science, and slugs. You might wonder how all these things relate to ADHD. Well, wait till you meet Genius Boy. The Complex is sponsored by Focus Forward, Navigating the Storms of Adult ADHD by James Ochoa. Learn about the emotional distress syndrome and how to successfully navigate the ups and downs of the ADHD life. Get Focus Forward in audio, print, or ebook format at Amazon or jamesochoa.com. Jesus, that was a long day. Finally back at the complex. Huh, why is there mail? I thought I picked that up earlier. Costco, no one cares, Buffet Palace, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what's this? USPS certified mail. Huh. Who sent me that? I have no... So, I don't get why it's not sinking the current interest rates. Well, if you're talking about version version 0.6, that's not the only problem. It has a data leak, too. Fuzz the slug. It's got a data bug. Fuzz the freak. It's got a data leak. Do you remember how many shots he had? Hey, Ramon. <gasps> how you doing? Jewels! Oh my god! I am so glad you're here! Ladies! This is Jewels! You know, my landlord. Uh-huh. Hi. Uh, hi. Hi. Jewels! Okay, these are some uh, female companions of mine from the uh, MIT something department. <clears throat> oh my god! Jules! You got us pizza? Oh, Fine, um, we can take that up to your place, but we need to keep working on the algorithm. No, this, this pizza Jules, is- Jules, man, you are the best! And you got artichokes on the pizza! Spot. On. Choice! Right, 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 but the deadline, come on, boss! So, just to be clear, Genius Boy was drunk and walking off with my pizza. I had just finished 17 hours of grunt work around the complex. All I wanted was to sit on my couch with the pizza box in my lap, watching Mongolian Power Fists. I couldn't see how the night could get any worse. So, did it? Yeah, because I opened the certified letter. From First Conglomerated Mortgage, to Jules Anthony DBA The Complex, please be advised that if your past due balance of $27,510 is not received in the next two weeks, your account XXXX314 will be in default. 
Please contact our office at your earliest convenience. Oh my God, $27,000 is a lot of money to come up with. Was it a mistake? Well, here's the thing. I guess I had an adjustable rate mortgage, which sounded okay when I signed all the paperwork, but suddenly the payments tripled and I got four months behind without even realizing it. So it wasn't a mistake, and now I needed to come up with almost $30,000. But you know what? I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute. I'm not done complaining about Genius Boy. Of all the weeks, he picked this one to be his erratic social butterfly self. Oh, great. You're drunk. Again. Yes, Jules. I am. That's very astute of you. And, in fact, I do intend to be drunk for three to five more evenings. You know how it goes with venture capital, right? There's always a deadline for when the portal should be operational, and the technology has to be segfaulted and rotated to the new instance. So, there you go. I don't really care, but can you please keep And this is important. I can only deal with deadlines at the last minute. I call it the panic precipice. If I get the timing right, I can achieve excellence in the blink of an eye. But, like I say, I have to be pretty desperate. You know, with like, anxiety. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, can't you build your panic precipice without having so much noise? No, not really. Why? What do all these party people have to do with it? Well, dude, they like, set up the panic. Like, all these people. I don't know when they're gonna leave. So like, ergo, I don't know when I'll start my last minute work skirmish. And that kicks the anxiety up a notch. Oh, also, I ordered a bouncy castle. I don't know when that's coming, and I'll probably have to sign some waivers at that point. Don't you hate those? It's like this authority figure on paper that... Wait! Dude! Let me fix you a margarita! Oh, no, no. Please don't. Please don't. Okay, I don't really understand Ramon. How does he pay his bills? Does he have a career? Is the name Genius Boy meant to be sarcastic? <laughs> well... He's actually pretty good at what he does. You might have even heard of him. Uh, Ramon Berkowitz? Wow, really? He's that crazy tech guy, right? But did, doesn't he do something with slugs? I never understood that part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. He invented uh, Fuzz the Slug. It's a mashup of fancy computer algorithms, a search engine, and a cartoon character. The first iteration was an app called Fuzz Goes to College which was so successful that Ramon dropped out of Harvard to concentrate on fuzz tech full-time. Then it just exploded from there. He did Fuzz Gets Ripped and then Fuzz Finds Love, which was probably his biggest release yet. This seems like another tenant with ADHD, which is interesting, because ADHD adults can be really innovative and successful, but they often don't present that way. Usually with people like this, they have no trouble coming up with amazing ideas, but when it comes to organizing and developing them, they fall apart. Oh, but Ramon definitely has his routines. He does this panic precipice mode until his brain spits out a golden nugget, then he hibernates for however long it takes his body to restart. Then he goes to his big boy office to debrief his software engineers on his latest fuzz app, all of which is followed by his avoidance mode. At least he avoids his business. 
He gets caught up in Habitat for Humanity or a soup kitchen or something selfless, which is great, but when it's time to roll out a new Fuzz the Slug, he cycles back to the panic precipice. That sounds crazy. Yeah, and he can never panic alone. He gets really social and ends up inviting the entire town to his apartment. It's like his own impromptu Mardi Gras, which sucks for me because I was still buried in my mortgage mess. So what ended up happening with that? We're sorry for the delay. First conglomerated mortgage is committed to superb financial servicing at every phase of the human life cycle. For web demystification, press 1. If you've received a certified letter, press 2 for the legal department. We're sorry. Our office is currently closed. Seriously? Press 4 to leave a message. Hi, uh, this is Jules Anthony. I'm calling about a letter I received about my past due this balance. This mailbox and is I... full. Goodbye. <laughs> you, you've got to be kidding me. Hey, Jessica. Hey, you busy? Uh, I'm always busy. Well, I just got off work and I stopped by Locavoro for dinner. You want some? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, just give me a sec. Okay, well, grab that bottle of Naomi on your way out. Hey, hold on. Wait. <laughs> Wait for me. So, what made you work so late tonight? I was actually helping Genius Boy with his new project. Oh, Ramon? Is there another genius boy? <laughs> anyway, he's about to release a new Fuzz the Slug, and he wanted to go over some patentability issues. Well, it sounds like he got home before you did. I honestly thought this party streak would have ended days ago. Hold the phone! I'm gonna get more ice! Oh! Why, good evening, Jules and Jessica. Welcome to the Dance Dance Revolution party! Whoa, do you really have a DDR pad? Yeah! Doesn't everyone? Come on, Jessica. It's your turn. Oh, uh, no. Jessica and I actually have dinner plans. Just one quick song. Here, let me open that bottle of wine for you. But it's 10.30 on a weeknight, and I just want to eat. Sometimes you're such a little old man. Come on, it'll be quick. All I wanted was to decompress with Jessica, but apparently she couldn't resist the shiny object of DDR. And did you notice how Ramon took my wine? I was so pissed I ended up doing something I haven't done since I was five. What'd you do? I threw a tantrum. I literally pulled the plug on DDR and ordered all of the visitors to get out of the complex. They did. And suddenly it was just me and Ramon. <sighs> you hear that, Ramon? What? The silence. That's what I want to hear every weeknight after 10 p.m. Okay, man. Sorry about that. Thanks for clarifying the house rules. <laughs> They're not just my house rules. They're the city's. We have to keep the noise down. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I really admire what you're doing with the complex. I could have lived anywhere I wanted, but this place is unique. I don't want to mess up the mojo. Thanks for understanding, Ramon. You know, I actually, I'm actually kind of glad you kicked everyone out. Right now, I can actually hear myself think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Silence can be nice sometimes. 
Oh, man. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to go track down Jessica. Wait, hold on a second. What's up with you? I've never seen you snap like that. I mean, I guess it was a good thing, but still. Uh, it's, you know, it's really nothing. It's just adult life problems. Wait a minute. Adult life problems. Fuzz's favorite. What do you got? You're not going to believe this. When I told him about my mortgage trouble, he got this big grin on his face and kept saying, tell me more, tell me more. He took the numbers I gave him and plugged them into his latest Fuzz the Slug prototype and I just, with, within three minutes, I had multiple refinancing options. Wow, really? That sounds almost too good to be true. Just pick one. They're all good. They've been through Fuzz's BS detector. I'm actually glad it worked because this is the first time I've run it outside the lab. This, this is incredible. How does everyone not have this yet? Because it won't be released till Thursday. It's my latest Fuzz Finds a Home. Hey, Jules, I heated up our Tuscan spring rolls and I don't know about you, but I'm starving. Ramon, I'm gonna have to take that bottle of wine back. All yours, man. Hey everyone, welcome to Afterthoughts for episode five of The Complex. In this episode, uh, we focused on the force of personality that was Genius Boy. He's a hell of a big, big personality. Yeah, it kind um, of fills a room. Yeah, he was kind of the perfect example of what ADHD can look like under high amounts of pressure. So, to start us off, I wanted to just play a little clip to outline um, kind of what we saw last time. Great. Uh, I think that'll be perfect. Oh, great. You're drunk. Again. Yes, Jules. I am. That's very astute of you. And, in fact, I do intend to be drunk for three to five more evenings. You know how it goes with venture capital, right? There's always a deadline for when the portal should be operational, and the technology has to be segfaulted and rotated to the new instance. So, there you go. I don't really care, but can you please keep And this is important. I can only deal with deadlines at the last minute. I call it the panic precipice. If I get the timing right, I can achieve excellence in the blink of an eye. But like I say, I have to be pretty desperate, you know, with like anxiety. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, can't you build your panic precipice without having so much noise? No, not really. Why? What do all these party people have to do with it? Well, dude, they like set up the panic. Like, all these people, I don't know when they're going to leave. So like, ergo, I don't know when I'll start my last minute work skirmish. And that kicks the anxiety up a notch. Alright, so I know, uh, well, first off, I love Genius Boy. Yes, he's quite a character. He's incredible, but he's also extraordinarily disruptive. Yes, he is. Um, and that goes along with uh, the thing that he calls his panic precipice. Yes. Uh, which I think, you know, is a good way to kind of talk about this kind of thing. So I know uh, this isn't how ADHD always looks under pressure, because that would be a massive generalization. Um, but I also know that people with ADHD work differently under pressure. 
um, than non-ADHDers do. Right. How uh, or what are some of those differences and why do they arise? So uh, let's take the whole issue of pressure first. Okay. Okay. Because I don't know that it's a general an overgeneralization to say that everybody with ADHD under pressure acts this way. Mm. Um, think about Genius Boy as someone who is acting out his pressure, and so you see it. Oh, but there are many people with ADD so who will implode. It. Yeah, it's internal. And they go inside and they talk about these horrible voices or oh, just tor- terrible distress. So think about the external disruption being internal. Wow. So people that, with ADD have oh it, and Typically, someone with different social mannerisms, mm-hmm. okay, might go more internal because they have a consciousness about uh, what other people might think or how things might happen. Okay, yeah. So first of all, but let's talk about pressure, okay, and what pressure yeah. is on the ADHD spectrum. Okay. Um, so pressure certainly is known as one of the biggest disruptors mm-hmm. in ADHD. Right. I, can I think see it's that. a big feeder for the emotional distress syndrome. But pressure creates a resistance for people with ADHD. It's something to kind of mm. push up against or something they can feel. Okay. And that resistance... That, in that way, is it almost soothing? It, it's interesting. It can be soothing, but think about it as being normalized because the normal, disruptive, chaotic nature of ADHD has always been there. Mm. So us with oh, ADHD, okay. we always we don't know anything other than pressure. Sometimes it's internalized, sometimes it's externalized, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Yeah. But the reality is, um, it's something that we know well, and there is a sense of comfort. Mm. So second, uh, pressure, if it's strong enough, okay, Mm -hmm. is going to create a survival response, um, in the fight, flight, or freeze survival instinct of the mind. Okay. And if it's long enough, the pressure is long enough, then it's going to act as, we believe, a short-term stimulant because it pops adrenaline. Mm, And so it pops a short-term focusing agent. And it's really the classic waiting to the 11th hour procrastination Mm -hmm. syndrome. Yeah. Okay? The challenge with something like that is that it works. It's Mm. horrifically difficult maybe to people around them, but it does get something done. Right. And so if you think about the behavioral aspect of ADHD, that pattern, the people with ADHD, it's almost like their body knows. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to kind of fall into that groove again. Why why is that so necessary with this kind of, uh, like, you know, mental patterning? Like is like is it absolutely necessary for somebody with ADHD to kind of wait till that eleventh hour? Um, no. Okay. No, no, it's not absolutely necessary, but it's the easiest groove to fall into. Gotcha. Because the chaotic nature builds up this pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have trouble with focusing or following through or remembering details, and suddenly mm-hmm. I remember it. Mm-hmm. Here comes the pressure. Here comes the adrenaline. Here comes yeah. the focus. And so there's a part of my body that knows it, and so. In the weirdest of ways, uh-huh. that pressure can feel like an old shoe you've always worn. Mm. And so getting snapped out of it or out of that space yeah, it's, where it's not as disruptive, highly important, comes from personalizing strategies, comes from developing mindfulness and meditation so it is, I talk so about. So it is good to 
not be in that space like all the time. I guess. Well, sure. I guess like oh, yeah. is it definitely not. Is okay. So is I this mean, panic? Can you imagine being in that space all the time like this? Well, right. Yeah. No, it'd be horrible. It'd be horrible for the individual, and it'd be horrible for the people around them. Right. Right. Um, but so is is this panic precipice almost a like legitimate strategy that you could use as an individual. I mean, I know it's very disruptive to the people around them, but if you're, you know, only focusing on what you need to do, it kind of sounds like it'd be pretty effective. Well, uh, yes. In a silo by yourself with nobody else, it might be effective if you didn't disrupt other people. But I I will first want to say, I love the script writing here by, uh, by yourself and Robin shots, shots enough. Who uh, so panic precipice totally nails yeah. this this Robin feeling came state. up with that one. It's like we're yeah. right, and that would take total sense. Yeah, for Robin yeah. having her ADHD as oh, well yeah. as me. We're on this edge, and it's a little bit of panic, and it's mm-hmm. anyway, it works beautifully. I think it's going to really tie on to those of people who are listening. Um, but oddly enough, yes, it can be a legitimate strategy. I want to put several qualifiers on it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because if without the qualifiers, uh, you, you know, you will experience what Jules experienced, you know, uh, in the podcast. It's mm-hmm. just as overwhelming. Someone grabs my pizza. Someone's forcing a margarita on me. And it's really, really disruptive mm-hmm. uh, in a place that makes it difficult for others. So the qualifiers. Um being aware of how it affects others is an obvious key component. Mm-hmm. You know, when Genius Boy didn't do that, right? Right. Um, and gaining that awareness has a lot to do with what uh, we in the ADHD world would talk about hitting your pause button, being mm. curious and observant, mindful, kind of contemplative, meditative. It helps. It doesn't take away this space because, oddly enough, he may actually know how to produce you know his products in this way but it's just like making people aware Mm -hmm. and by default his assistants on the podcast Mm -hmm. know he does this yeah in the beginning right and 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 jules the landlord right does a great job of explaining exactly the cycles he goes through he ramps Mm -hmm. up he shuts down you know goes and does something fun then he ramps up yeah and so it's not that you don't see it. So it can be le- le- legitimate, but you have to be aware. Okay. I personally like to call it um, a backing yourself into a corner strategy. Mm. Okay. Which means I know I'm putting some pressure on myself in a way that works for me. So it's a personal strategy. Um, but also remembering that that pressure element is really difficult on the physical body. You know, so needing yeah. the rest and things like that are really, really important. I want to kind of get back to to the idea of, I guess, using this as a as a strategy and like how to practically um, navigate it with people around you. Yes. Right. Um, how can you do that? <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Because that's what we see with Genius Boy. He's just like, you know, he uses this panic precipice. And I I guess it's because he has, like, no uh, consideration for anybody else. Well, That's kind of what it feels what it, like from my like. end, yes, right? That's what it looks like. Okay, but he's so hyper. And this could be a classic example of someone who has the hyperactive, mm-hmm. impulsive aspect of ADHD. Yeah. Where they're just 
rough shot over boundaries, energy of three people yeah. using it all the time, and they don't even see it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yes, it's a lack of consideration. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the neurology. That's, yes, and yeah. so it's a lack of consideration, but the, the willfulness is not there. And if you look at the willfulness of Genius Boy and kind of who he is as a character person, he really cares about people mm, right, behind yeah. the scenes. And we seen that. Okay. We see that at the end when he's so, talking about that. But let's talk about it as a legitimate strategy. Okay. And in in my authentic way of of living a life uh, with ADHD as an adult myself, um, I created my book this way. Okay. Mm. So Robin Shotsenoff, who helped write this podcast, also was my writing coach and editor. Okay, it just so happens that she also has a history of being an investigative journalist. Mm. So when we wrote my book, it was this interview, writing, coaching, editing format back and forth that created some pretty interesting pressure points around here in the office. Mm. And so how did I slow those pressure points down? Well, you know, outside of Kim and I checking in on kind of how it was affecting the office, yeah. whether we were doing taco runs, as we talk about in the book, or <laughs> I was coming out excited, and I could see the look on Kim's face. Uh, I was like, uh-oh, here we and go. And so, <laughs> when, like for me, when I see the look on Kim's face, I'm like, oh, okay, and I take, I yeah, slow down a little a bit. Take a breath. Like, okay, yeah. so, but there are ways to do it that legitimately customizes, like for me, how I wrote my book, mm-hmm. but also how I handle the pressure. Um and so it's it's really something that you need to work with and not like delve way too much into or or stray too much away from, right? It's something that's always going to be there because it's comfortable and it's yes. and it's easy to use. Yes. Um, and so if you you know work with it such that you have these little strategies that kind of uh, pop you out of it when you realize you're being disruptive, right? Right. That's how it can be effective. Correct. Okay. And that popping out of it is very helpful if you have a mindfulness and meditation practice Mm. that you can be curious and observant of your environment as kind of a practice element by you Mm. in in, in mindfulness yeah uh then it's sometimes it's easier to notice so it it kind of takes off the intensity what what are some of those elements that are most common when this disruption is happening like when when somebody's going through a panic precipice uh, what are some of the most common kind of characteristics that they can look for in the people around them to let them know, hey, you need to slow down for a second? Well, some of it is going to be someone's like a startled response on their face to kind of look at them strange. Mm-hmm. Okay. Literally people backing away from them. Oh, wow. Okay. okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's always good. And I talk about this in, in my social skills um, uh, aspects of training that having two or three really good friends around that I could check it out with, Mm. you know, so at the office here, I could have checked it out with Kim or somebody else. Hey, uh, how far off base am I? Am I a little too intense? Yeah. You're a little over the top. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. So you could have like a scale almost of like, Hey, where am I right now? And somebody's like, you're at an eight. Right. Okay. It's like, okay. Oh, wow. I might think I was only at a four. Right. 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 Exactly. I might under evaluate it. And so, those kinds of things, people around you, watching people's body language. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, if something's personally interest, interesting and meaningful and really exciting for you, yeah, you can pretty much guarantee this rev up's going to happen. Yeah. Therefore, I begin to institute 
slowing what I call slow motion or slowing down my actions, mm-hmm. which helps to kind of a pause button for my neurology. Yeah. Um, I do things like, you know, little short meditations. I might walk outside if it's cold and breathe for yeah. a full minute, kind of the cold air. Something that keeps me insulated to some gotcha. degree does help. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> um, so let's let's go and hear uh, an extreme version of this. Sure. Of somebody kind of telling, well, of me telling Ramon that he's at a twelve on a ten scale. Hold the phone. I'm gonna get more ice. Oh. Why? Good evening. Jules and Jessica. Welcome to the Dance Dance Revolution Party! Whoa, do you really have a DDR pad? Yeah, doesn't everyone? Come on, Jessica, it's your turn. Oh, uh, no, Jessica and I actually have dinner plans. Just one quick song. Here, let me open that bottle of wine for you. But it's 10.30 on a weeknight, and I just want to eat. Sometimes you're such a little old man. Come on, it'll be quick. All I wanted was to decompress with Jessica, but apparently she couldn't resist the shiny object of DDR. And did you notice how Ramon took my wine? I was so pissed I ended up doing something I haven't done since I was five. What'd you do? I threw a tantrum. I literally pulled the plug on DDR and ordered all of the visitors to get out of the complex! They did, and suddenly it was just me and Ramon. You hear that, Ramon? What? The silence. You know, I actually, I'm actually kind of glad you kicked everyone out. Right now, I can actually hear myself think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Silence can be nice sometimes. Okay, so we see Ramon pop out of it like you were just saying right like he he gets he gets um kind of struck with this with jules freaking out with me freaking out um can you explain what just happened in his head what were the what are the things that go on in somebody with adhd's head when this kind of thing happens is it it just, I don't know. It seems well, like such a strong change. It is. And such a like sudden change between right. like this at a 12 energy going crazy, whatever, party, party, party. And then it's like two. Yes. And it's like, oh, you know, on and a turn of a It's not only a two, it's a contemplative two. Right. It's an yeah. awareness two. <laughs> yeah. You can hear it. It's like it. a perfect meditation. It's like, oh my God, like he's a right, monk. he's all but like exactly. Yeah. And so... Um, this is the best way to describe it, I think, is that, you know, we see that personality change, so to speak, from kind of all on or all off as mm. being a component in the neurology of, a, of ADHD because we're underactive and underperforming, so we don't really recognize and we can just jump in and out of a situation. And, and that's kind of the strange dichotomy of, or the strange, not the dichotomy, but the strange, like, thing to see from the outside is that yeah. ADHD is... Uh, created because of underactivities. Yes. A lot of people think that it's created because of overactivities. Correct. Right. And it's the underactivities that don't slow the body down, which accesses right. or uh, sets up the mm. overactivities. It's a very, it's an odd response. Yeah. And it's, but it's also why, without going into detail, it's 
uh, medication and stimulants many times have an opposite response. Mm. They calm people down with ADHD oh, and get them to focus. Yeah, because it settles that part of the mind. Well, and puts because it, it in gear or it like it. I wouldn't say settles because that has a connotation of like going downwards. It has it increases the the activity of the areas that are sure. usually underactive. Correct. So Correct. that you can exactly. then have those successful dampeners yes. that yes. control yes. the mind. Look. You're becoming an expert on ADD, too. I love it. Jules is becoming an expert as we do the podcast. That's yeah. beautifully said. That's Wonderful. awesome. That's awesome. Really good. Wow. Um, but think about this sudden pulling of the plug and the music stopping mm-hmm. of like someone pulling the brake on an emergency train. On a train, you pull mm-hmm. the emergency brake and it's yeah, just like... Yeah. Just screech to a Just screech to a halt. Yeah. Okay? Think about that being in reverse of the startle response. Yeah. But it's got as much focus as waking you up or helping you pay attention as a startle response would. So it's a startle, mm. but it just stops everything all of a sudden. Okay? And so... But it's not necessarily like a bad startle. No. No, I wouldn't say it was a bad startle at okay. all. And so in the realm of stress, which is positive stress, or distress, which is negative stress, yeah, then the chaos and all the... Uh, startle response that's negative is mm. distress. Oh, okay. Okay. But this is kind of a positive stress in that suddenly, but it's sudden. Mm, okay. Yeah. And what does it, it need to be sudden? It doesn't need to be. It can be. I yeah. mean, I've backed myself out of um, uh, difficult situations, kind of like going mm-hmm. outside for a minute yeah. to breathe. Yeah. That's not sudden necessarily, but. Sometimes that suddenness like this can really create this opposite kind of response where yeah. suddenly he had all this adrenaline running and all this, you know, yeah. chemistry going. He still has that in him. Yeah. But it's used for contemplative and awareness of like, oh my gosh, he can hear himself think. Yeah. He can feel the quiet. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh and so it's an odd piece that it becomes very calming and peaceful. Yeah, I I find that very odd. Just just coming from a like non ADHD place, because if you kind of imagine, uh, if I did this with somebody who wasn't ADHD, yes. if they were having this big party and whatever, and I like freaked out, pulled the plug on DDR, like told ev- yelled at everybody to get out. They'd be pissed. Right. They would be absolutely livid that I did that. Exactly. You know? And like they they would hate me for that. But Ramon went into this place of like, oh wait, hold on. Now I can hear and I can see and I can do all these things and like, right. whoa, what is this space? Like Correct. Yeah. So he experienced it. Yeah. Uh didn't necessarily see or or understand that he needed it and it was so overamped. Right. Uh, but it, it is that opposite response now, and that doesn't always happen with people with ADHD. They can get disruptive as well, mm-hmm. you know. But it was his response, and I see that a lot uh, with his high intensity being stopped. And what I teach my clients is yes, mindfulness and or meditation, being able to pull the plug on yourself. Mm. So there are t- times where I'm working, I can feel myself frustrated or irritated trying to get things done, and I know. I'm not, I can feel the irritation or the storm coming. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I will close my laptop. Yeah. I'll put it in my bag. Hmm. I don't even think anymore. Yeah. And that's me pulling the plug on myself. Yeah. And I might take a slow walk to my car. 
but I, I, I intervene on myself, which mm. is really what you want to practice as right. an adult with ADD. And really just having, I think where that starts is having an awareness yes. of your own internal yeah. being, you know, what's, yes. what's happening, the process, yeah. the emotions you're processing, the, yes. the different feelings that you're having. Yes. That's where that starts. Right. But remembering if you've always been told you're different, wrong, disordered, something's bad. Yeah. You don't ever have an internal sense of self, which is right. one of my critical factors oh, to help wow. people create that internal sense of themselves so they can have this ability to pull the plug mm. um, and stop themselves when they're getting into a chaotic yeah. storm. What are some ways that uh, people can build that internal self? Because I'm sure I'm sure that that just hit home for a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. So it's, it's great. I mean, it's a perfect kind of segue into that space because certainly in... In episode six, in our final episode, mm-hmm. uh, the week after this, um, we are going to learn about that internal space in yeah. general. So, in, in yeah, so I guess we'll talk about it more. Well, then. we will, but a spoiler alert is that essentially we're going to be using your imagination in a really powerful way. And mm-hmm. hang on, because the science of the imagination, there's not much sh- less shiny in my life. And mm-hmm. I've been studying it for almost 20 years. Yeah. And it continues to fascinate me. So, yeah. Building internal worlds, using your imagination and the science of the mind is where we're headed, folks. Gotcha. Because that that builds this internal awareness and this sense it of does. self. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've been playing with it for a long time and it's a lot of fun. Okay, so to wrap it up, um, I just have one more question. How universal is this kind of cycle cycling that we saw Ramon going through, does it apply to every kind of ADHD to inattentive, to hyperactive, to combine to all that? Do you see, do you see like, cause I, I feel like this is a very hyperactive, uh, impulsive sure. kind of thing. Right, right. Right. Do people with inattentive go through this same cycle of getting, you know, Stirred up. Yeah, stirred up and, and needing to reset and literally pull the plug on themselves. And then, like, yes, you know. And absolutely. And as I was saying earlier, uh, if somebody with the primarily inattentive type of ADD, it's much more internal. Mm, yeah. And in some oh, ways, okay. it's more challenging. Oh, so that's where you were saying, imagine Ramon's partying yep. inside your head. Correct. God, that seems so much more intense. Oh, <laughs> like, well, and it is. And people with the inattentive type, have the hardest time, right? Yeah. Focusing and concentrating or staying motivated. Oh my god! And they're just infuriated internally. Well, that's um, why, yeah. You can see you can see so clearly why inattentive has such a hard time. They do with literally just living, like right. how how right. to like live every because single day. Because people don't see it. Right. Their motivation comes Jeez. and goes at oh like the god. wind. But the reality is that they're living this enormously distressed life internally. Uh, it, it's no wonder, right, that depression and anxiety are like yeah. 40% coexistence with the diagnosis Jesus. of ADD. It makes sense once you understand the emotional distress syndrome yeah. of ADHD. Um, and so, yes, wow. I see everybody with ADHD in different ways go through these cycles. Mm-hmm. The interesting part is what we were just referencing earlier, kind of this internal sense of yourself. Yeah. And I've had many clients who did grow up in very safe, uh, understood, supported households. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and they may have uh, not really had good uh, personal strategy development or those kind of things and understanding mm-hmm. ADD, particularly in the way that I work as a directive, action-oriented kind of therapy work with yeah. them. 
But as soon as I do that, if this person's had a really strong foundation growing up and really loving and caring, these people come on board because they have this internal strength. Yeah. But if you don't have it, you can build it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be part of podcast or episode six. And it's also a part of my video education series that's coming out in May. Yeah. uh, That I'll teach you how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Will you like be giving them steps and like yes. ways to? Okay, yes. I'll Great. give you steps and ways and examples and experiences. You'll run to walk them through, walk them through every Absolutely. single aspect and of it because it, it's awesome. very personal. Uh, everyone can do it. Yeah, um, and I think it, it it's fascinating to me because everyone has access to it immediately. Yeah, um, doesn't matter where you are in the world or what your financial welfare fair is or those kind of things. You can use your imagination if you yeah. can learn how to how to uh, develop and mature it. Yeah, is what I would talk about. Yeah. Great. Um, well, um, if you want to find uh, James's book and read more about these imagination ideas that he's talking about, you can go to jamesochoa.com. Absolutely. You'll also find his webinar, or not his webinar, his uh, um, video education. the video education mm-hmm. series you were just talking about. Yeah, that's coming out in May, and that will be on his website as well. And I want people to understand that this video education series is an enormously high value of, think about a potter who's been potting for 30 years. I'm mm. an ADHD expert who's been managing this for 30 years. Yeah. And I'm really putting the vast majority of strategies I know into these six uh, uh, videos yeah. that I really want people to be able to get to me differently than what you got in my book. And yeah. so some of these revolve strategies yeah. You know, over the last two years since I produced my book. But it's really a high value education series. So you almost want to make it to where you don't you don't have to see everybody personally. Well, right? that's a- one as it, a client. Exactly. You, you, I'm you're getting, putting this out such that you can just help as many people as well. You possibly I, I can. exactly because remember, I'm I'm a single person in South Austin, Texas, right. and uh, and I'm getting inquiries from all over the world now yeah. uh, as my emotional stress and emotional distress syndrome really wakes people up mm-hmm. and gives them a valid understanding of what it is. But this video education series will give you a way uh, to get to me, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and it's something you'll have the rest of your life so you can go back and reference it again Perfect. Yeah. as a way to really be taught a lot of the uh, most important skill sets uh, to manage ADHD and navigate it in your life. Great. Well, if you want to find that, go to jamesochoa.com. Absolutely. You can also find his book. As far as where to get the coming episodes of The Complex, to hear the last two, we only have two more weeks left after this. I know. It's kind of kind of strange. I know. It's a lot of luck. Um, To get the last two episodes, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. um, And we will see you next time. We will.